guys, it's Brooke. Hi, it's Sarah. And welcome back to the Making Sense of the Conversation podcast. Today we'll be talking about um, racism in our school and schools in general, how our community has reacted to the Black Lives Matter movement, um, what it is, and how we are supporting it or how people can support it. where a person, an administrator, um, he was always very harsh on, like, the students who were, were, like, the bad kids, which was a group of, like, kids who were, like, mainly, like, Black or, like, Hispanic, but it was, like, it was a good mix of people, and you weren't supposed to have your phone out during lunch in middle school, but I don't, no one really listened to that rule because, like, didn't matter, like, what your race was, like, everyone had their phones, we completely frank and so there was one day when the teacher when the administrator came over to the table and um another girl from another table who was she was white she had her phone out and was using it in front of him and he only took the two people had their phones up but he only took the phone away from the hispanic girl and told the, the white girl to go sit back down at her table despite him seeing her phone and like there's been there were multiple incidents instances of him doing that and he was I felt like he was targeting the people of color like it was pretty blatant to me and so like that was that was one of like the most like overt forms of like racism I've seen in school yeah I mean I personally luckily have not encountered too many scenarios where I've faced racism racism in our school but I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, I was there. <laughs> yeah, I thought it all happened. Um, yeah, but especially when we're talking about in um, our club that we're both in, Diversity Club, um, during the club we were talking about uh, also the lack of diversity in our school, and especially in like core teachers and stuff. And if anything, I feel that that would probably be where I've kind of seen um, not exactly outright racism in our school, but, you know, implications of it, and now that I just, I just kind of thought about it, but now that I think about it, um, for, at least for Asian teachers, the only maybe two main teachers that I've ever had have been math teachers, which I kind of find funny right now, because I've never really thought about it, because, you know, there's obviously, like, the stereotype that Asian math and I just thought about this now the only other Asian teacher I know in the school is a social studies teacher but the other two that I can think about off the top of my head is math teachers and I've had both of those teachers so I don't know I just thought that the only teacher I've had was our chemistry teacher and then the only other teacher who is black is a female and she's she teaches social studies, but she teaches only a senior class. So then it's like, yeah. you like if you're like a student, like you're not gonna have like that. Um, like you're not gonna to experience that until you're a senior, until you're older. And so 
it's I think it's really troubling the the lack of diversity in our school, especially in the English department. Yeah. Like there's not a single person person of color. Yeah, it's all predominantly white males. Like funny enough, they're all balls. That doesn't. Really <laughs> one of them's not. One of them's not. But oh, I'm sorry. Um, but that's just a funny correlation, I guess. But oh, there's one. There's one woman. I just. But that's only one. Most of the department head is man, a white man. Um, I also think no, the science department head is a white man too. So is the almost math. all the department heads. So is yes. the math department head. Um, language, I it's not. It's a woman. Um, yeah. But you know, language is supposed to be a little a more diverse. diverse. Um, but. And some people don't really consider language a core class. I think a because lot of people you have say, to take it your senior year because you're done with your yeah. requirement. It's not, yeah, it's like mandatory, not like social studies or math or English. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's just I never really thought about that till now. But hey. like it's so sad, like the lack of diversity. Like if you have like a more diverse, like because our school it is predominantly white, like to be like like almost I'd say it's almost 70 percent I I think yeah because I know um the Asian Americans in our school district I it think has increased it has increased but it was not enough because earlier in the year we me and my mom and um the I think it's the greater Roslyn Association for Chinese Advancement I think that's the organization name we were fighting for a day off for Lunar Year, mm-hmm. and it happened because we didn't have enough numbers in representing Asian Americans in our school district. And I think we only had maybe like 14% or something around that number, but it wasn't enough to get the day off, which is, again, another example of maybe a lack of diversity. I wouldn't say racism, but definitely not culturally not being culturally sensitive definitely yeah. because i'm the last time i checked it was a while ago i think like black people make up like maybe maybe like six percent yeah and definitely. then hispanic people and like latinx people are definitely like lower at maybe like around five five or three percent i think yeah so it's definitely majority more than majority so like with so we have like a lack of diversity within the student body and like that comes from a multitude of things like like redlining and like district lines like that's part of it and so you would think that the school would try their best to diversify like their staff but I don't think they've taken enough they haven't taken large enough steps to do that yeah I mean I think a huge part of it is definitely diversity in our staff because you can't just change, you can't make these changes to diversity in our population, in our community. You can't just bring people in, you know? So one thing they can control, one thing the board can do is increase um, diversity in our teachers and yes. And then we can also talk about like the, the lack of diversity in like actual curriculum like so if we're looking at the English curriculum 
I read one book by a black person and that was Frederick Douglass. Yeah, I think I've, this year was the first year I've kind of read something um, talking about the black community. It was the book Between the World and Me by ta Coates. Great book, highly recommend. But this was, that was again the first time this year, my junior year that I read something representing that community. There's definitely a I've definitely not read a book by an Asian American person like that's like mandatory for the curriculum. I don't think I've read any. I don't think I've read any either. Um, I we did read something about Native American people, but I feel like that's not a really um the book is controversial because of the man who wrote it. And like the actual content of the book is like a little iffy. Yeah, there's a a lot of controversy. I remember talking about it during our seminar. Um, his name was Lexi Sherman. 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 Okay, yeah, I mixed it up. Sherman Lexi. But I forgot what there was the the part time Indian. Yes, that was the name of the book. But there was also um, allegations against him of like yeah. sexual. And I like you could definitely I could tell like even like in the book it's quite clear his views on women so then I'm like you give us like two books that are by like people of color one of them has controversy around it so it's like how legitimate can we take that story yeah if we just we're debating the um the what's the word like the authenticity of mm-hmm. how can we focus on the actual message which you know, obviously that wasn't maybe not the best choice of book, but I heard this year that they're trying at least to find our like the book that we're reading for summer reading. It's it's about this black girl, and she she goes she lives in like a poor like neighborhood, but she's 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 sent to a private school, and it's like how she handles like the two different like worlds she two different worlds she lives in, and she's also like um she she's like an art person so. I think it's going to be a good read. Yeah, I definitely think what has been happening recently has given the board a kind of kick in their butt to start maybe diversifying what we're reading or, you know, especially the staff. Because I remember we had a Zoom with them and we talked about, you know, issues that we may have been having. And they said they were, you know, trying to maybe find books like Between the World and Me that I read to increase, um, cultural diversity and understanding so at least you're taking a step in the right direction and I think it's good that it's a summer reading book because you have to read that book like yeah has to read it and I think that's and like, going further than just our school like within like AP classes like there should be like a like the curriculum should not like there's the certain books that you have to read like mm-hmm. like the catcher in the rye and like stuff like that but there are books by like black authors or Asian American authors or Native American people or Latinx people that could also be integrated into those courses. But like they're not. And then even talking about like the eight, like the college board, like African American studies, like, that's a class you can take in college, but they don't offer it for AP, which if they offered, I would definitely take it, but it's not offered. And so, I just feel like there are certain steps that, like, 
the whole like entire community of like the education like college board and like people who are creating the curriculum like New York State they should have like they should be more cognizant of what they're putting into the curriculum and what they're not putting into the curriculum yeah definitely I think um well talk going back to books like Capture the Rye and stuff that we were we had to read um a huge book that I think brought a lot of controversy was To Kill a Mockingbird because a lot of people I think a lot of people say that that was one of the first books we've read where it was kind of showing racism and um but that was one of the only books that we that was showing racism and it wasn't even the best example we could have been given so I think placing these books that we've everyone in most schools in our country have to read um, with better examples is definitely a start to what we can do. Exactly. Like, with the To Kill a Mockingbird, like, the argument that's made, like, why people don't like it is because it has, like, this kind of tone of, like, having, like, a white savior, which would be, like, Atticus, because it's, like, a black man, like, he had to be saved by this. Like, that's why people take a problem with that book. Like, it's, I think it's important that schools do talk about that stuff, and, like, they have an introduction to it, but there are so many, there are other books that could have worked, like, like, a lot better than To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that's the first step, changing, I mean, actually, I don't know, would maybe getting more diversity in our staff, I, I think it just has to go hand in hand. It does. Getting and, you know, change our curriculum at the same time, because, because like, then we talk about, like, the social studies, like, the curriculum we have in social studies, there are so many, like, points in history that we don't talk about. Like, definitely, I, there are people who've never heard of the Tulsa riot. Like, no one, like, you would have no idea about it unless you went out of your way to go figure, to find out what happened, like, with that situation. Because I've never, it's never come out of a teacher's mouth until maybe recently, because it came up in discussion like on a zoom meeting because we're talking about the protests yeah i think curriculum definitely needs to be changed (gasps) and the most the craziest thing apparently (laughs) apparently um oh my god wait i forgot oh my god wait who is that piano player like a famous oh my god beethoven i'm so he's black (laughs) Ooh. Beethoven. Oh, I was like, okay, that, <laughs> I thought this was regarding social studies or something. No, yes. but I think that's a thing, like, why don't they, I never knew that. I never knew that either. He's always portrayed. But when they describe him, like, in history, they describe him as having darker features, and when you draw him, he has traditionally, like, his nose, like, it's not your, it's like, not a Eurocentric, he doesn't have Eurocentric features. And he's always- Yeah, I, I, that's so funny. And, and I never knew that. that. I was like, wow. And like, that's like, ta- like how like, sometimes like, history is whitewashed, because like, who writes your textbooks? Like- Yeah, I definitely think history is whitewashed, because I forgot, I was reading something earlier in the year, how um, there's text, there's certain textbooks that in the South, that give information that is so 
watch that is crazy. I forgot exactly what it was, but okay, this is so, such general information, but if any of you who are listening wants to read up more about it, there's, there's just some textbooks that are not giving correct information that students are given in school. That's very, you know, factually incorrect and whitewashed. And I find that crazy how teachers can give these books to students telling them this is what history was. Yeah, I think that needs, that's another part of how we need to change. Um, and then like, yeah. if you're getting your, like, so your teachers are like, in some cases, like that's your only point of like you gaining new knowledge. And so if you have a teacher who doesn't bother to tell you that, hey, don't take everything at face value. Like, like I'm not, I don't teach you everything. Like you should go out on your own and like look into certain topics then like you're just gonna take everything for what someone says at face value and you're gonna go and live your life like that when you're walking around with false information. Yeah, and I mean, schools again are supposed to be teaching you, educating you, helping you, but sometimes it, it's not doing that. I mean, especially I know last time we talked about the um, school to prison pipeline mm-hmm. idea, that the schools are not really helping you. In some ways, they're they're hurting you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could like jump into like how like the treatment of brown and black students in terms of like discipline. I think last mm-hmm. time you had the stat, and it was like, uh, let's see if I can pull it up. I think it's like um, essentially it was like brown and black students are like more likely to be suspended and for longer periods of time, or to like be expelled. Yeah, it was, oh, here we go, I found it, um, that black students are suspended and expelled at a rate three times greater than white students, and um, on average, 5% of white students are suspended compared to 16% of black students, and that in general, black children make up nearly 50% of suspensions, while all the only constituting 18% of preschoolers nationwide, so yeah. You can see stats for yourself. And then um, I also saw an article and it was like, like if you're comparing like who gets dress coded more often in many schools, like even wearing the same exact outfit, a black girl would be uh, dress coded over the, like their white counterparts. And I thought that part, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I think there's so many pre- preconceived notions, I guess, that mm-hmm. when... Um, Especially in the example you showed for middle school, teachers see students that are not white, that are minorities, and then just automatically assume them with trouble or assume they're doing more wrong than a white student. Again. Like I, for my study, I had to like look into, I didn't have to, like part of my study was like stereotyping. And so like there was like a list of things that each like race was like stereotyped for and black people were stereotyped to be um stupid uh sexual and dangerous so then if you're walking around with those like if you're holding those stereotypes then like you're obviously gonna perceive someone as like whatever and it's like i that's not fair for you to go off of what little knowledge you have like what what little like knowledge you have because of stereotypes to then just apply it to generalize it to like you're like the students you're supposed to be like 
taking care like taking care of like teaching and so yeah and I think well um kind of tying this into different comments by our own peers um so it's not even at this point it's not even just our teachers there's also a lot of peers that make very insensitive comments that have there's especially people that recently due to the um due to the increase of the Black Lives Movement and like social media posts and stuff, where we've started to see the true colors of some people and what they really believe. Absolutely. And just how racist and ignorant some people are in our school. Because like during school, like these conversations, they're not happening because there's no, there's no time for that. Except like if you're in like certain clubs, like, we, like in diversity club, like we have these conversations constantly. But the people who don't agree with us, they're not coming to those meetings. And so I think that's what we should definitely have, like, more diversity in discussions. But that's besides the fact. But, like, (laughs) recently, I've had conversations with many people about what's going on right now. And it's, it's very upsetting to see how people, like, the way people think about certain things. And it just... Because, like, I don't know. It's- well, yeah, I know you're talking. Like, I think a lot of it is that these people who are saying these ignorant and racist comments are coming from households where they were raised with these beliefs, and they're not educated enough to understand that they can think differently from their parents. And they don't have to follow exactly what their parents are saying, and that sometimes parents don't always say them correct things um I think that just comes from uneducation and they don't understand what's truly happening I think that's the problem so then they just spew some um rhetoric like it's just and and like I don't know I feel like it comes from like they 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 stick to the strict like partisan thing like they they're I'm this type of person and so I I don't agree with you at all and I'm not really going to listen to you because and I hate, like, when they use, like, terms like, oh, you're such a liberal snowflake, and da 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 I'm like, I, like, my political opinion on this, like, my political, like, where I stand, this shouldn't matter, because this is not, like, this is not a partisan problem, like, in any yeah. way. So, like, when people are like, all lives matter, or, like, blue lives matter, I'm like, okay, if you all lives matter, then why are you, like, opposing me right now? Yeah, I think, especially with the Black Lives Matter movement, when people start seeing other, a a majority of people in our country right now advocating for certain lives, they just have to come up with some sort of counter because just for argument's sake, they just want to fight it. They, I don't know, I feel a lot of it's just people who have nothing better to do than just fight us on everything we believe in. Yeah, because, like, I feel like the Blue Lives Matter, like, that one really confuses me so much, because it's not, you're not a, like, I get that, like, your job is part of who you are, but it's that, it's a job, like, it's a shirt, like, your shirt's blue, okay, like, like, it's, it's weird to me that you could make those two things equivalent. Yeah, and I think what a lot of people misunderstand about when we say black lives matter is we're not saying that other lives 
exactly you saying that right now what's happening in our country black lives need to matter more not more but they need to be more attention to black lives because, because of what and um, like, yeah and like some people take problem with it like there's other people with problems and like i 100 percent get that and i feel like the, of the people who truly care like about the black lives matter movement they see that there's other problems going on in the world and like they're ready to like help them as well because yeah. like like with the what's going on with like the ice detention centers and like the they like with the indigenous women like a lot of indigenous women are going missing as well as like racism towards asian americans like i like i see that and like i speak out about that but i feel like people choose to ignore that and they choose to attack like like the like what people are focusing on and try and like diminish like the actual like the importance of what is happening yeah i think people just have to understand that there's a time for everything sometimes arguing one thing is not the right time um but anyway just so do you want to say like the general definition of the black lives matter movement so you just get the official yeah definitions um so on the official website the actual black lives matter website um they say, quote, they're committed to struggling together and to imaging, no, sorry, imagining and creating a world free of anti-blackness where every black person has a social, economic, and political power to thrive. So this movement in general started with people who were enraged by deaths such as Trayvon Martin, uh, Michael Brown, and many more people um, who have died due to um, basically racial profiling. And so a lot of people started to call for justice um, who, uh, for those who were torn apart by this state-sanctioned violence and anti-Black racism. So this was originally created in 2013 when three Black women, Alicia Garza, Patrice, I think that's how you pronounce it, Colors, and Opal Tomedy, I don't know, I might be butchering these, founded the Black Lives Matter political movement following the acquittal of George Zimmerman, who was... Trayvon Martin's murder. Okay, yeah, that's background. Um, yeah, so basically just in general, what we were saying before, um, so many um, people, including this Columbia law professor, again, is saying that the Black Lives Matter movement is just this, um, well, she says it's this rallying cry for shift in statistical numbers that show that people who are black are twice as likely to be killed by a police officer while unarmed compared to a white individual. So I think people really need to understand that's what the movement's about. It's not say that black lives are more important. It's saying that there needs to be a shift in what's happening in our country. Um, okay, so I, do you wanna kind of talk about um, uh, like the gaslighting that comes with people who say all lives matter. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I know. So like, when like someone says in retaliation to someone saying like Black Lives Matter, and someone says all lives matter, you just completely diminish the way like someone is feeling. Like no one is saying that other lives don't matter. Like that that statement never came out of anyone's mouth. And if they are saying that, they clearly aren't actual supporters of the Black Lives Matter movement. 
like end of statement. Yeah. Full stop. And then for Gaslighting in general. Yeah. Like yeah. and then like try and like make them trying to make the people who support Black Lives Matter out to be the bad people in the situation, like to villainize them. It's like completely unfair because they're not trying to take they're not trying to take anyone's rights away. They just want yeah. equal representation. So for you to be like, well, all lives matter, okay. I never I never negated that. Yeah. That's what I was reading is that some people think that this phrase all lives matter is just collective gaslighting from a white from the white community trying to take away from the fact and like the obvious disproportionate statistics of police brutality. So yeah, that's what I was reading before. Um, and then I read more about blue, the Blue Lives Matter counter movement, which was actually founded in 2014. Um, it was direct, in direct opposition to the Black Lives Matter movement. Yep, counter movement emerged after the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh-huh. Um, actually, there's some quotes that are a little interesting. Um, so one of them, I don't know if it was one of these police officers, but a police officer said that the average person doesn't see those things that make me human. Um, it stated equating the uniform with race. So I think that goes back to what you were saying, how people are kind of comparing wearing or having a job wearing this uniform to the race and skin color that people have to live with Mm -hmm. which just is not right and um (laughs) this one okay this makes me a little so the next one they say they don't even label me based off me being african-american latino asian caucasian and so on they just see me through a racist lens where they look at me and they see blue. Um, it's just, it's the same thing I said before where I think they're trying to equate a uniform with race. And they're, I think this in this specific quote, they're trying to say that um, people don't no longer see their race where they're just being seen as blue. Um, and that so might be the case. I think that's extremely dangerous to just like see yourself as like my identity. I'm a cop. Like you're you're not just you're a person, and you need to be a person who can look at other people. And yeah, yeah. well, they're saying that other people label them as like they only see blue. Well, because there's like this thing around cops, like they're just like this um like omnipresent like figure like that you just like you can't oppose them yeah um well anyway just thought may i have to play devil's advocate for a second and show where people from the blue lives matter is coming from we can we'll let you guys form your own opinions on that (laughs) yeah so so that was really what i researched about that and basically what it is kind of what the Black Lives Matter movement is. Um, do you want to do you want to talk more about how our community is kind of reacting to that? Mm-hmm. I would say that like overall, like our I feel like we've had like a pretty good response to it. Like as a whole, like a lot of people have been attending protests. 
people have like started protests like in the like within rock like where we live and so i felt like i i was really happy to see that a lot of people have been starting ways to donate to different organizations like our club started one um but like within all i feel like there's still people who are like i don't know they have like negative attitudes towards the protests because they feel like they're too violent but like the ones that we've had in our neighborhood have not been that way at all i think they're seeing the um dare i say propaganda that the news is showing um with you know all these what seem to be violent protests that a lot of the time are violent because the cops start making it violent reality like you said a lot of the pro- like the protests i went to was peaceful the entire way um we were just walking nothing happened we were just you know saying what we wanted to say but in the city i didn't get to go to one in the city this was in long island so i didn't get to see the environment in that but my cousin went to one and one of her friends went to one mm-hmm. it was peaceful nothing happened but of course you see on tv only the violent protests so. and then like now that it's like kind of died down like because it's not as like trendy like it's not like what's in people care about right now like you haven't seen any of it documented on the media and people are continuing to protest peacefully yeah i haven't seen anything in so long on the news about this not the way it was before um one would almost think nothing's happening anymore but there's still protests and I feel like that also, like, goes into, like, I would say, like, the response by a lot of people is, like, they gen- like not a lot of people, like, some people genuinely do care about what's going on, but then, like, we talk about, like, performative activism, where people have been, like, posting on social, like, they posted, like, that black square for that one day, and then they deleted it, like, I think a lot of people have deleted that, the blacks were off their profile, and, like, because it's like they did it to like look good because like at the time like within that first week of when George Floyd was murdered it was like like the trendy thing to do at that point I was literally just about to say that I was just gonna say that that was the trendy thing to do because it was the hashtag hashtag going around blackout Tuesday but you weren't you weren't supposed to use that hashtag right you weren't at all you weren't even supposed to post that because the initial it was created by these two black um women and they were um it was like a blackout in like terms of like music where you would like listen you'd support like black artists like who are like, like indie artists yeah so then and that ha- it morphed into like this hashtag and then like under the black lives matter hashtag before that day it was giving information about like protests and like, if you were arrested during the protest, like, what you're supposed to do, it was sharing, like, really important information, but then it was just flooded with these black squares. Wait, yeah, that's what I meant. You weren't supposed to use the hashtag Black Lives Matter, but you you could use the Blackout Tuesday. I forgot. I don't know what I'm getting. But, like, you weren't, that was not initially what it was supposed to be. Like, it wasn't even supposed to be a hashtag. It, like, it was literally just supposed to be, like, you're supposed to, like, just, like, support, like, Black-owned not black one, but like black like um artists and like music and stuff. Yeah. But then, like it just became like a thing that people just like posted. Mm-hmm. And like I def I I saw there was a I I didn't post because I was like 
this doesn't really mean anything. But like if they're yeah. people who didn't know what else to do, I definitely could understand how they felt like that was them doing their part. But I just um, felt like that wasn't enough. Like that's not like your part. Like that was something so simple you could do. And like I mean I definitely was a problem with that because people who truly didn't actually hold like have like good intentions they definitely posted it because that was like what the the right thing the 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 most like politically correct thing for them to do in that point yeah i mean i don't know personally for me i mean i didn't post it because i just don't post in general for social media but um i don't know it just didn't sit right with me because it didn't I i was very like i was like why are people posting this like especially people who I knew didn't, like, actually hold those good intentions in their heart. I'm like, why are you posting this? Like, I don't really think you care. Yeah, I mean, I'd much rather just um, post information. Like, I, re- I repost a lot of stuff because um, it was important stuff where, you know, you could, if you like the post, it's it's towards a donation and stuff. Oh, yeah. Easy I stuff, like, you can do. I post information, like, all the time. Like, that's literally all I post now. Mm-hmm. And so I posted, like, information, like, every single day about, like, the different organizations you could donate to or just, like, the different things people could do. Yeah, so that, I felt more comfortable doing that, but it's just, because I'm not a huge social media person, like, posting, in posting stuff terms, so I was just, um, I don't know, I just didn't feel ready by posting that, because I feel like maybe people would have seen it. Like, the only thing I've posted, like, to my actual, like, account was I, like, I had wrote this thing down. It was, like, it happened. I posted, like, a couple of days after it happened with George Floyd because I was just so, I had so many feelings about it. And I just, like, wrote them. I wrote it down. And then I posted that. And, like, that's the last thing I've posted. And, but, like, I, like, I, like, on my, like, on my stories, like, I always post, like, information, like, people who because I feel like people don't know where to go look for information or they don't know what certain terms are. So like there was a couple of days where like, I made a bunch of slot, I made a bunch of like um, posts and describing terms that have been being used, like performative activisms. Like a lot of people don't know what that actually is or like describing what ACAP actually means. Aversive racism. Mm, aversive racism because there's a lot of people who are, they're not overtly racist. Like they don't say like racial slurs or like, I I, yeah. hate, I hate these type of people. People do say that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, there's no doubt. Like, it's, like, it's so much aversive racism. I feel like that's so much worse because you put on this facade like, oh, I'm not. I, I'm definitely not. But then you hold these these terrible like opinions of like people of color. Like, yeah, I think one I remember. Of, like, yeah, example. Like, one of them was, um, like, you, like, someone, like, enters into, like, a Chinese restaurant, but, like, they have, like, oh, it's dirty, or you look at, like, a group of, like, black people on the street, and you, like, you cross the road, or you hold your purse a little, a little bit tighter, and, like, that stuff yeah. is, like, you're not being overtly racist, but, like, you're still, you still have, like, that idea in your head that these people are gonna do something to you, or, like, these people are these people are a certain type of way because they are whatever race they are yeah 
Yeah, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, yeah, so in general, I feel our country's reaction to this was, Not you know, wasn't the best, but there was definitely a lot, a lot, a lot of support. But then again, there were the counter movements. Um, I would people, say, like, if we're talking like policy change, um, the LAPD has, they're on their way to making like serious change. Like they're getting, they're getting rid of their police force and replacing it with something that's more community based, which I think is necessary there. I think something needs to happen in New York, but like the NYPD, they have such a strong mentality, like their budget got cut a billion dollars and they're furious right now, so. I'm angry, I'm angry. <laughs> they're, they're literally feeling like Spencer right now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, but I think our community reacted pretty well. I think they, I mean. They definitely are trying, I think. They're trying, I think. I mean, I think a lot of people just don't know what to do, so they're just, like, posting stuff, but... People don't know what to do, and then, like, they also don't really care to get informed. They don't really care to sign a couple petitions. Yeah, I think they don't understand the extent of what just maybe one signature can do, but... Also, I think they don't understand the extent to, like, how much of a problem like police brutality really is yeah and i think that's why it's so important to educate. or like they don't realize like how racist people are because like they don't see it so like yeah they don't see it firsthand like when they use like when they sing the n-word in songs or they call like asian people like like slurs like and they just like oh it's funny it, it's like that stuff's not really funny but because it's not affecting you like yeah, it's and you know what's really sad? Yeah, and, and what's really sad about, in our community at least, is that there's so many people um, that are minorities that are kind of whitewashed, for lack of better terms, where, you know, they kind of think these, this is acceptable, where, you know, people use these slurs that they, they think that they're, they're their friends, um, but, you know, real friends wouldn't be saying this kind of stuff, so they really were educated. Um, but, you know, now, especially in our town, it's people find it okay. They find um, it, it's a joke to be, like, I, like, we had the conversation in my English class, like, was, like, is it ever okay to, like, use the N-word? And, like, I'm the only black person in that class, and I'm just, I was sitting there. Like, I didn't really participate until, like, towards the middle of the conversation, because I just wanted to see what people would say. And it was very surprising to me, like, they're like, no, we shouldn't use it. But if it's in a song, I'm going to sing it. And I was just like, but where, why do you think you should, why is it okay for you to do that? And they're like, it's, yeah. just, it's just a song, it's just a word in a song. But I'm like, to you, that's what it is. And to you, like, and like, there's people who like give like, like, oh yeah, you, you have this past, you can just go say it, it's fine. Yes, the past, that's just. The past, there's no pass like i've i've heard the amount of times i've walked into a a, the cafeteria or like the front of the school and i just hear the n-word being thrown around or like other like slurs towards different groups and i'm just like wow you guys don't care 
because someone gave you a pass. Yeah, and it just, it's rough seeing other minorities use it because you would think they would understand, you know, maybe where the place of other people coming from, but like literally, don't. I, I don't ever, I don't ever say it. Yeah, you never. I like, I'm never, I never say <laughs> it of anyone in school because like, that's not the correct group of people to be taught, like using that word with. I feel like that would make yeah. it uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so I just, no. it's annoying that I take into other people's, like, concern, like, how they would feel, but then other people who shouldn't even be using the word, like, they just have no regard for how I would feel or how other people would feel. Yeah, I think it's just weird to me to think that some people just say it. I would, I just would never imagine, any of our friends even, I could never imagine any of us just and it's drop. So, it's the worst when it's people who I know, like they don't support the Black Lives Matter movement, like they, they're openly racist and they still like use these terms and I'm like what like you don't like these types of people why are you like why are you using these terms terms meant for those type of people that you don't like it just it's funny and like you listen to their music like like no group owns music but hip-hop and rap and a lot of other types of music they are they came from black people Mm -hmm. you don't like black people because you have like because they're they're drug dealers and all they do is da 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 da. But that's you're listening to that music. Why is it a problem? Like yeah, it's selective. It's like they like to cherry pick. Cherry picking is the worst thing because you choose what you can twist to agree with your narrative that you that you want to push forward. And I'm like, you you can't just do that. That's not how it works. Um. Yeah, so we went a little bit on tangent there, but okay. <laughs> I think um, that's all we really have for this episode. Yeah, um, so I guess we'll just end it with kind of quick ways of things you can do to help maybe support the movement. Um, yes. So- again, part is just educating yourself, read up on information, um, understand and just educating yourself you find other ways you can help that are simple maybe not donating money money but you know just yeah just search up different organizations and what they do sign petitions you should anything else like local black owned businesses is that something you can do signing petitions donate if you can like if you can't like fiscally like obviously like don't do that but there are ways where, like, there was a YouTube video where you could watch it and, like, all, every single ad that came up, like, that was, their AdSense would go to a certain organization. And it's important to have these conversations with your family because, and just have the conversations, like, they're uncomfortable, like, they should be uncomfortable. You should feel uncomfortable because this, like, this stuff's not fun to talk about. I mean... Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't like to talk politics in their house, but it's an important conversation to be had. Um, I, I, we t- me and my family talked about it, um, I think like a week ago or something, we had a conversation about it. Um, oh, one other important thing, if you're old enough to vote, vote, because vote. that's the only way to change our government. So important. 
because that is your voice like that's your that like don't like okay presidential election is important but for your local officials and your state officials that is also very important those are the people who you're going to see the most policy change affect you yeah and especially with um like primary votes and stuff um like if you can go to town halls like in your in your neighborhood like go to those like for your county yeah um yeah just if you have a way to use your voice it's through voting because that's the only way we can change our government is to elect officials that will actually change our government yeah that's a nice note to end that this episode on um so thanks for listening guys uh, follow us on instagram at making sense of the conversation you can email us at making sense of the conversation at gmail.com mm-hmm. um, you can hear us on spotify and anchor yes anchor shout out um i'm pretty sure i'm putting an ad into this episode Fun talks. Um, Peace. Bye. Bye, guys.